Today's historic edition of One Shining Podcast is brought to you, as always, by The Ringer. Ringer.com. Where uh, I, f- I think we're, we're going to write about what happened yesterday, Tate. The same thing that you and I are about to talk about. Virginia lost. Mm. They lost in the NCAA tournament. That is not the news. That happens pretty much every, literally every NCAA tournament that Virginia's been in, they have lost. So that is, that in and of itself is not that shocking. That's not history, no. The history is Virginia was the number one overall seed. Mm. They lost to a 16 seed. Um, mm. So we we had, we wrote a lot of articles on the ringer, ringer, ringer.com. Dot com. Uh, check all those out. Um, also, I wrote an article not too long ago t- explaining why this Virginia team is different. Um, so check that out also if you, if you want to laugh at me. Um, to, to my defense though, Tate, I said DeAndre Hunter was the difference maker for this team. They did not have him tonight. I said three-point shooting is the kryptonite for Virginia and always will be. And, uh, you know, UMBC was hitting everything. So uh, I'm going to I'm gonna back myself up on this one. I wasn't too bad. And this is, in, in your defense, this is not the same Virginia team that we've seen before because they have right. beaten 16 seeds. Right. It was a different— It was a different, it was a different team. It was a different so Virginia the, team. So any way you look at it, so it's a different team. you're welcome, America. I got it absolutely you right. You right. Uh, check out the Ringer Podcast Network as well. Um, Bill Simmons is a, is a person who works here at the Ringer. He has a podcast called the Bill Simmons Podcast that you can subscribe to and listen to. Uh, Tate and I are talking— all things Virginia. We're, we're going to cover most of the madness that we can get to from, from day two. But, I mean, the story is Virginia losing. That's what we're going to focus on. Um, so we're just going to get right into it, Tate. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. The timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. All right, Tate, let's just get, get this out there uh, right off the bat that uh, you and I are, are zombies right now. Mm. Um, I guess that's the way to put it. If, if you notice, if you're wondering why we're not excited about the Virginia loss, first of all, um, Tate and I wanted Virginia to do well. I don't think we made any bones about that. Kyle Guy was our guy all year, Tate. Um, yeah, he was a part of his segment, so it meant something to us yeah. to have Kyle Guy We made Kyle well Guy who he was. Yeah. Uh, people we had made no him idea. the face. Would Virginia be ranked number one without us? Who's to say? Mm. Um but also, we we both woke up today just exhausted. We've been we've been doing these podcasts. We've been watching all these games. Um, I I connected the dots that I this was my first March Madness in my 30s, and I, I had like a little bit of a crisis this morning that it kicked my ass. Day one did, and I was I was like out of commission basically all day today. Um, the good news was that there wasn't a lot of madness throughout the day. It was like I wasn't really missing anything. I I you know I I felt like I was barely paying attention to some of these games because I was like so tired from yesterday and first of all like the providence game texas a&m mm-hmm. garbage game mm-hmm. uh every time you know the, the, the one good game was marshall beating wichita state that john was elmore yes. john elmore 13 four you special. called the white james harden yes yeah and he lived up to it oh uh, but you and i kept looking at each other like man what a boring day like even the games that were close were just like shitty basketball nevada texas Overtime was awesome, but like up until that point, it was just Texas shooting themselves in the foot. Um, just a lot of shitty basketball today. And we said, when's the madness coming? It came tonight, Tate. Virginia lost. What? What is the first, what, where do we start with this? First thought is, this is back-to-back days. And we said the same thing in the uh, Thursday, day one. We were like, today, it's sort of playing out like you would expect, but you expect more things to happen. We get Arizona-Buffalo late at night, yeah. and we're like, okay, that's the big news. This is going to be the biggest upset of the tournament. People were saying it was a bigger upset than, you know, some 215s that you may remember. Middle Tennessee State beating Michigan State. I, I or, felt that way, yeah. you know, Mercer beating Duke. Everyone was saying that it was a bigger upset than that. And then we get to this game, 
We get mm-hmm. to UMBC, coached mm-hmm. by Ryan Odom, son of Dave, o- Dave Odom, um, legendary coach in the Carolinas, Dave Odom. Uh, my dad used to work for Dave Odom, a great man. Ryan Odom, also a great man. Tony Bennett is a good guy. Very good guy tonight. Uh, very gracious in defeat. The Tony Bennett is, uh, you guys are just going to have to tune into the Duffies to see who wins good guy of the year because we have a, a lot of candidates. Um, Virginia, more and more just keep getting at it. So, the fresh, I guess the, the I want to start here that a lot of people will, will point to this game and say this is just further proof that Virginia chokes in the NCAA tournament. They mm-hmm. choke every year. We all know that their offense isn't good enough to ever win in the NCAA tournament. Um, you and I both disagree with that notion because, I mean, first of all, what's the difference between playing UMBC in an NCAA tournament game? Like, how what's so special about that game that's different than you're telling me like this is a harder environment for them to play in than the ACC? Because need I remind people? Virginia had like one of the greatest ACC teams of all time this year. They were very, very close to going undefeated in the ACC, and the ACC put like nine teams in the in the in the uh, NCAA tournament. And the only game that they lost was to Virginia Tech at home, a game that they were completely in control of. Right. And Virginia Tech just got hot at the end and they get a win. So I want to debunk this theory or this idea that Virginia is just not built for the NCAA tournament. Uh, that's not why they lost. They didn't lose to to UMBC because they weren't built for the tournament. They lost because they got their asses absolutely handed to them. And if if you actually paid attention to Virginia basketball, and and um, this is probably too much analysis for what you and I are, are used to giving on this this program. Yeah, uh, we're, usually, we're usually having fun, but right now but, we have to be serious. But Virginia's pack line defense, they they three pointers are always the kryptonite. They they pack in. For those who don't know, you wonder like what what Virginia style of play is. They they put the guy guarding the ball. They have him guard the ball wherever it is, pretty mm-hmm. much. The other four defenders pack in tight into the paint. To, to prevent driving lanes. That's like their style of defense. Now, in packing in and preventing the driving lanes, what you're doing is... You've collapsed. You've collapsed. You're, you're susceptible to long closeouts. When and you play the percentages. You play the percentages. You're like, there's no way they're just going to keep hitting threes on us. UMBC was hitting threes. So mm-hmm. they're hitting threes. Virginia starts to freak out. They start closing out longer. UMBC starts dicing up their defense. And then Virginia panics. Everything just snowballs on top of itself, and that's how we ended up where we were. I mean, I I don't know. This was just like a this was just like a perfect storm of of if you were going to write a recipe, if you would have told me, I, I certainly would have never expected Virginia to lose to a 16 seed. But if you would have told me like Virginia suffered a massive, embarrassing, humiliating loss, how do you think it happened, Mark? I would say, well, they probably you know like the team probably hit a bunch of threes to start, and then they freaked out and tried to play from behind, and they're not built to do that. Or you would say the team probably shot 50% or better from three, and mm-hmm. Virginia probably set, shot 25% or less from three. And yeah. that's exactly what happened. UMBC was 12 of 24 from three. Virginia was 18%. But I want to talk about the logic behind Virginia's, you know, this style of play, even Barkley after the game. He's like, you can't play the way Virginia plays with right. a three-point line because it, it's just too much of a variance. If a team gets hot, you can't win. But the reason that I say you can and the reason why I think Virginia lost in, in, in saying all this is you have to, in the tournament, you have to be able to adjust. You have to be able to right. deviate from the plan. The whole point of Tony Bennett's, you know, this whole system with Virginia is like, we have a plan. It's the right. pack line. This is what we do. But when they got down by 14 or 15, they inherently deviated from the plan because yes. they rushed everything on offense because yes. patience is key on offense. Not only do, do you have to play great defense to, to play Tony Bennett style, but you have to be patient. You have to play the clock. And in the times in this game when they got down, they started to rush. They started to force it. You could see that they obviously understood that they did not have the yeah. possessions that they needed to come back in this game. So they started to Ty Jerome is taking threes. Isaiah Wilkins is taking threes. Yes. It's just like there's one dribble and they're pulling up from three. And 
My question to you is, if you're Tony Bennett and you see your team, obviously on offense, they're just unraveling. And on defense, it's not quite going their way because they're getting sprayed by everybody. Right. Do you just say, we got to get away from what we're doing right now. We just have yeah. to press. Like, Devin, you're pressing right now. Like, I know this is not what we do, but there had to be some well, other wrinkle to throw into this. I would actually argue maybe the opposite, that I felt like Virginia didn't stick to their plan. And, and ideally, I would have liked for Virginia to say, we won 31 games. We went 31 and three. We again, we, they lost like one game since Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't remember when the West Virginia loss happened early in the year, but it was like very early in the year. They lost it was one December, game. December, I think. Yeah, so they, they lose one game earlier in the year to West Virginia, and then the only other game they lose is in overtime. The, playing a certain way got them this far, and like you said, their whole defense is predicated on the percentages. And you're saying like UMBC is going to come out hot. They're going to hit threes. That's fine. Let them do that. They can't possibly keep this pace going and I guess I would have liked to have seen them just kind of stick to the plan more and just keep like in a weird way sort of keep giving UMBC the threes because they they didn't know what to give them like UMBC I'm going to just start calling them Baltimore because UMBC is a mouthful mm-hmm. Baltimore starts hitting all these threes and Virginia at that point like because Virginia's defense is like we will give you threes we're going to give you you know semi-contested threes all night long um so Baltimore starts hitting them, and then suddenly Virginia doesn't know what to, to. Are we trying to take away the threes? Are we trying to take away the drives? What are we doing? And and trying and they get like flustered and they take away nothing. And I think for me, I would I wish they just would have like stuck to the plan and said, okay, we're down fifteen even. If we just stick to this, the shots are going to stop falling for them. They're going to start falling for us. We don't need to rush shots. You can't hit a you can't hit a fifteen point shot on offense. It felt like mm-hmm. you know Ty Jerome was like, if I hit this, it's going to be worth fifteen. That's not how it works, Ty. Just get the points, you know. And everything snowball. The, the psychology of it all, like you could tell, the arenas rallying behind the sixteen. It was quiet. I mean, this is in Charlotte, North Carolina. Right. I mean, it's twenty minutes away from Charlottesville, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> twenty. It's, just, it's basically it's just the same minutes, town. You know, Char- aren't they neighboring cities? Drive to Charlotte, um, Charlottesville, right? But you know, like you could tell, Virginia's players are like, we we understand what's happening right now. Like I had friends making... in the crowd in Charlotte, and they're yeah. texting me during this game. They said it's eerie Ooh. how quiet it is. In like a Mike building. Wilbon situation. Like, I was at that game. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we had friends in the building that are saying, mm. you know, it's it okay. feels weird for Virginia to be playing right now. And you can feel it as a player when you feel yeah. a, a hush where people are just kind of shocked. And they're, they're, I mean, even Tony Bennett, he was doing the Sean Miller thing, which right. we saw against Buffalo, which is like the kind of nervous chuckle, like, what the hell is happening yeah. right now? And and as soon as that started to sink in, you could see it, there was a ripple effect amongst so, the rest of the players. So even Nigel though, Johnson, all those guys coming in. They were my screwed. question for everyone who believes that Virginia is not built for the NCAA tournament. Like I'm willing to listen to that. I certainly think there's credible, you know, theories to to, to that point. Um, I, I think, like you said, once they get behind, they're not played. They're not built to come back from from a huge. I, deficit. I said it was they're like not, option football. Yeah. it's like if you're Georgia Tech and Paul Johnson and you're behind, you're not going to be able to throw your way back into the football game. It's I've pretty always, much over. I've always hated. I, I I appreciate their offense and we we like their style of play, but you also identify that like the fewer possessions you have in a game, the less. You know, like North Carolina plays up and down. If you're going to pull up an upset over North Carolina, you probably have to hit like 10 shots. You usually don't. But if you're Mm going to upset Virginia, you probably have to hit like five, you know, just because, I don't know, I'm just pulling numbers out of my ass. But that sort of theory, I think there's like, uh, you know, that that idea was credible to me. Um, The part that I don't understand is like, what, what, what about playing Baltimore in the first round of the NCAA tournament? Is is just like a different thing, like than playing all this ACC teams. That's what I don't. I don't understand like how that makes Virginia different. How does that make them a bad NCAA? Ter- like you think they went into this game differently than they went? They played Duke. Other than the psychology part, they did. They're like the exact same team. Um, like like I don't think there's anything about the NCAA tournament that says okay now now it doesn't work. It's been working all year against like some of the best teams in the country. 
They beat Duke in Cameron Indoor Stadium. Mm-hmm. They beat North Carolina multiple times. Mm-hmm. They 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 go eighteen or was it sixteen and one, eight seventeen and one, whatever yeah, it was. Seventeen and one. Seventeen and one in the ACC in one of the best conferences in college basketball. Um, so what is it about suddenly playing playing an NCAA tournament that makes it different? I know that's the part that I don't understand. What the people say that like I don't think it had anything to do with the NCAA tournament. I think it has to do with Baltimore just raining threes on them and then panicking. Um, the psychology of the NCAA tournament certainly played a part, I think. But like as far as the like. Like there's this certain brand of basketball that only works in the NCAA tournament. I don't think that's true. I think we've, we've we've proven that through the years. Like the different kind of champions we have, different teams go to the Final Four. There's all these different makeups that work. Um, so I don't, I don't know. And and people want to put Tony Bennett down. I mean that, that's yeah. the whole point. The, there's like this this weird backlash to everything that Virginia does, even when they do win the ACC by four games, even when they do win the ACC tournament. Everyone's like, well, just, yeah. just wait in the tournament. You're gonna see the real Virginia. Right. And now everyone seems vindicated and validated with that outlook. But the thing that happened tonight, in which I thought was so impressive for UMBC with Lyles and these guys on their team when they got up they played with poise right and and you know they didn't play like a 16 seed they played as if they expected to beat Virginia and I know at halftime they were tied at 21 and they went in and they're like we're playing pretty bad right now and we're somehow tied in this right. basketball game and Virginia's probably going to the locker room saying we're playing pretty bad right now we can't make any shots but we got them right where we want them you know we're going to lock down in the second half but for whatever reason they came out and played free they didn't seem like to have a care in the world and Virginia came out and they seemed concerned with every shot they took every single person tried to be a hero yeah. You know, Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, Devin Hall. I mean, he goes 0 for 6 from 3. I didn't even yeah. know I didn't even know he went 0 for 6. Well, 1 for 9 from the field. Yeah. Every single shot he took seemed forced. And they kept running the same little rub screens where they were trying to get the same three-point shot for those guys right. to get them going. And they just c- continued to spiral as they tried every single time that, to get these guys in the game. That's how Virginia's offense is built. Is they yeah. have to hit those threes because once you start hitting those threes, guys cheat out when you, when when Kyle Guy comes off a screen, the uh, the help defender cheats out, big man Jack Salt slips the screen, Wilkins slips the screen, they get mm-hmm. dunks. Like if they're not hitting those threes, their offense is screwed. Um, and it, it basically everything that could have po- I don't I mean I don't need to say this. It's pretty obvious if you watch the game, but everything that could have possibly gone wrong for Virginia did. Um, and yeah, I think I think the the idea that the NCAA tournament is is that it, that Virginia is not built for the NCAA tournament. I totally buy into the psychology part. There's no question about that. The NCAA, that Virginia was rattled. They panicked, um, all that sort of stuff. But man, th- this was uh, and and we we should bring up DeAndre Hunter by the way. I'm not saying he makes the huge difference, but I think he does. I think he actually does. I think people look at the score and they say it's a 20 point margin. But again, like this was like a snowball effect that like if DeAndre Hunter is guarding. Lyles. Yeah, Lyles. Let's say in in this situation, hypothetical, and I know we say all this, and this probably is gut-riching to a Virginia fan that's hearing this because I know that they probably feel the same way about having a guy like Hunter be able to come into the game. But to be able to put Hunter in and say, hey, six foot seven, DeAndre Hunter, you're going to guard Lyles Lyles, right now, and you're going to shut him down. And basically, they had this weird situation with about seven minutes left in the game where Lyles just started driving to the basket because they were worried about him kicking out to the corner, and no one came back to help, and he just had easy layups. And then it just started to snowball every single time. If you just put Hunter on him and say, guys, he's going to guard him. He's not going to get past you and do whatever it takes, DeAndre. It it changes the outlook of the whole game. And I don't know. There was no physicality from Virginia. There was nothing from Jack Saul. Isaiah Wilkins seemed a little bit out of it. He had that one three, and we were like, oh, my God. If Isaiah Wilkins is hitting three, maybe we have a chance to come back. And then he came back down and was like, Heat check. Let me yeah. take another one. It's like, no, that, that's not who you are. Why, why are you getting away from the right. plan? Why are you deviating right now and not in the right way? It's not like, let's speed this game up so we get more possessions. It was, let's just try to try to get this back in yeah. one single possession, let's, like you were saying, the 15-pointer. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that's the most frustrating thing is because what what makes you and I and and we're not first of all I'll, I, I guess I should have we should have started with this. There was no excuse for this. No. This was we're, Tate and I are not defending Virginia in the slightest. This is embarrassing. Even if Kyle Guy was out and Ty Jerome were out, but like even if both those guys and Hunter were out, we're not making excuses right. for Virginia. We're basically saying the problem with what just happened, which is historic. This will go down as the greatest upset. I mean, this is. I like I like the thirty people years, say, forty years, fifty years. Like people are going to remember this point in time, like what we do with Shamanad, right? And, and, and who did Shamanad beat? I know, and that's oof. the mo- <laughs> <laughs> ooh, and that's the most gut richy part of this whole thing. And I, and I think that's that's where I feel like that's where I'm coming from with this whole situation. Where Tony Bennett, I mean, we we say that we do the whole good guy thing, like. Yeah. This guy had the most class. Like it was the classiest post game you could ever see, and I, I know everyone's going to freak out about like, oh, like class, whatever. But right. sincerely, it, he was like, you step in the building, you have to deal with the consequences. The arena, you step in the arena, arena, you have to deal with the consequences of what yeah. comes with that. And the way that Virginia handled themselves after the game, the way that you see Isaiah Wilkins, a guy that's been there for this entire run of Virginia basketball, getting to the top. You wanted to see this team finally get right. over the hump. You right. wanted to see this iteration of Virginia well, basketball do it, and that's that's where we're coming from. And it's, it, but that's not to say that UMBC doesn't deserve this. Lyles is a guy who went to VCU and right. transfers and goes to UMBC, and Ryan Odom's a young coach, and they're making this whole thing happen. It's, it it goes both sides, but to see this Virginia team end it like this, it just feels too premature. And and that, I guess that was the point I was going to make was that Virginia, the reason you and I. L- appreciate Virginia. Um, I, I think we get painted as Virginia fans because it just becomes this tug of war of where most people hate Virginia style of play. So by us liking it, we have to like really defend it because, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, we're I put in that position. Yeah. We're just putting that position. Like I, you know, people, people are tweeting at me tonight. They're like, are you okay, Titus, that Virginia lost? I'm like, of course, like Ohio State is playing tomorrow to go to the Sweet Sixteen. Yes, like I yes, don't give a shit about Virginia. Yes. Meanwhile, all the Carolina <laughs> fans are texting me, like but, laughing out loud that Virginia yeah, was like, the first team on, to lose. Come on, the re- uh, but I think the, the disappointing part for me is that Virginia. The reason I like them so much, uh, or I enjoy watching them play, is how disciplined they are and how they have this style and how um, you know they go into every game and this is this you know what you're going to get and it's just execute, 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 and it's just like clinical how they go about their business and whether you think that's boring or not. They they don't get rattled by anything. They go into they go into Durham, Cameron Indoor Stadium, in a huge game, and they just go about their business. And it's just like surgical how they they approach the game. And tonight they were the complete opposite. They just got rattled, and it was it was jarring to see a team that you've watched all season just so poised in every environment just get rattled by a, by a sixteen seed. It sort of looked like uh, like a, if you had like a private school and a public school in high school and the private school has been playing in their private school league and then they go play the public school yeah. at the public school and they're, and they're just like, they get hit in the mouth a little yeah. bit early and they're like, wait a, wait a tick, you know, like this isn't how this is supposed to go. Like they got hit in the mouth. I mean, yeah. UMBC was not afraid of them. They got in their grill. They, they, I mean, they hip, I mean, everything that Virginia tries to do to everyone else, which is be physical, do the hand check thing, stuff like that. They were getting it back and more right. from UMBC. And as soon as shots weren't falling, it, it just continued to snowball. And I the the yeah. best part about this though was uh, all of the golden retriever pictures and gifts <laughs> yeah. showing up on Twitter great for tonight. the dog brand. Yeah, as as an owner of two golden retrievers, yes. uh, you know it just made my heart melt seeing mm-hmm. all this happen. I was I was caught in the heat of the moment, and then I'd be like, "Oh, it's so cute." Yeah, if you're one so of those weirdos aww. that has like a dog Instagram, this was a big night for you. <laughs> this is a nice little like branding opportunity where this, you can get in there with UMBC. This was great. The golden. So Tony Bennett. Um, is if you're a Virginia fan, we still love him. We still say, I mean, like, I'm not saying fire the guy. That's that's ridiculous. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm, but if you're a Virginia fan, are you skeptical? Are you I, have you arrived at a point where you're like, I just don't think we can get it done with this 
system with this guy? Are, are we worried about recruiting going forward? How no. Is, how is he going to get guys to play in this? You're not worried? No. I don't think you're worried at all. I think there's a larger conversation to be had about where Virginia basketball, where they're cemented in, in the landscape right. of college basketball, which is they're the butt of the joke at this point. Right. With Chaminade. I mean, to have Ralph Sampson, who... I could be convinced is the greatest college basketball player of all time. You could make that argument. Right. To have that in your arsenal and then to have this new run in the 21st century where you have basically become the the what everyone wants to be, you know, it's like to have this young great coach and, and to have this system in place. Probably one of the five best programs in the last 5 years yeah. in the country. Yeah. It's hard to argue against it. And yeah. and to have this and it all will be remembered as Oh, you lost to Chaminade. Oh, you lost to UMBC. Yeah. You're the first one seed to lose. That's brutal. For it to be broken down to that, I mean, that's what I feel for Virginia fans because they've been such a great program. I mean, the history alone, like Rick Carlisle played at Virginia, you know? Like people forget that. Rick Carlisle is yeah. an amazing coach of doubt. Like they have so much history in basketball at Virginia and Charlottesville, and they uh, love it so much. And it just. It Malcolm just, Brogdon played there too. <laughs> yeah, the president, <laughs> the Prez, the rookie of the year. And and now yeah, we're, we're at this it point, and it, it just. But sucks. that's the way it goes, man. That like March, this is how it works. Like you can do everything you want. You could go undefeated in in regular season. You, it does. It doesn't matter. People, you, you lose one game in March, and again, this is more. This is more than just losing one game. I don't mean to paint this as like, oh shoot, they lost in the Elite Eight by a last second shot or something. Like this is embarrassing. This is humiliating. There's no excuse for this. Um, but that's how it goes. Like when people look back on this season, there's not a single person that's gonna go. Dang, that Virginia team is pretty good. Like they went thirty-one and two in the regular season, won the ACC regular season, won the ACC tournament. I mean, I, I've said before, this is a Duke year. Duke's going to win the national title. I think we all we all know deep in our deep in our hearts, Tate, that that's where this is going. And Virginia beat Duke. I mean, this was a very good team, and it's just, uh, but that's the way it goes, man. That's just like the 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 system at play, and it's sort of frustrating for guys like us because. We do watch college basketball all year, and most people just watch it in March. So they're just like Virginia's trash. Get their get their record yeah. out of here. And it's like, listen, it's like what, they're like, what are you watching on? Yeah. This team is terrible. No one can me? score on this yeah. team. What, what do you mean? You told me this team was good all year. It's like, I mean, they were thirty one and two in the ACC. I don't. I, I'm not the crazy one for thinking that they were good. You know. So, um, anyway, tough tough loss. Uh, are, do, do you feel the the sting as an ACC guy? Do you feel like this is this this trickles down to Carolina? Or you just you, you know you're not. No, I'm just really excited for Jim Beheim and what they were able to do tonight. <laughs> yeah, you know, big, defying all the odds. If you take usual. away the the historic, embarrassing humiliation mm. suffered at the hands of the regular season and conference and, and tournament champion in the ACC, if you remove that, the ACC actually had a pretty nice night. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good night for uh, Clemson good job, ACC. and uh, Florida State. Uh, I, w- I would say the worst part about that is like that would actually be best case scenario for Virginia if it was that small of a, a, a conversation that it was like this reflects badly on the ACC. Yeah. What I'm concerned with and I what I think will be yeah. what happens because of this situation is this will forever be tagged to Tony Bennett and will forever right. be tagged to Virginia basketball. Rightfully so. Uh, I, I also am going to say that I'm out on Virginia next year. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to still defend how their style of play. I'm going to still defend. <laughs> You know, I love Kyle Guy. Any Indiana Mr. Basketball mm-hmm. that's playing college basketball has my full support. Uh, I will still enjoy watching Virginia play, but if you're asking me, will I believe in Virginia in the NCAA tournament, the answer is no um, until they're giving me a reason to. I, you know, I'm going to say I'm out on them because I feel like this is going to happen again. Like the psychological part, I think, actually matters more than. Um, I, I, I guess I guess most people probably understand that that matters, but like with college players especially, I think 
these guys that are going to come back, like Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome, they'll never forget this. They're not going to for, next mm. year. Virginia goes thirty and four, and they're they're a two seed. Like you're, they're going to be sweating balls heading into the first round. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe they play harder, play better. But you know, if things start to go south. I think they're going to shit their pants again, and that mm-hmm. that that part worries me. For Virginia moving forward, it worries me for like Tony Bennett, like he's going to panic, um, because again, like that if if Virginia just would have stuck with the system, I'm not saying it would have worked. Maybe maybe Baltimore would have just kept raining threes and it would have still blown them out. But just to sort of see them say, "Ah, oh, shit, we got to panic because it's the NCAA tournament. We can't lose to this team." And then at that point, you've just lost your total identity and everything that made you good. Because newsflash, Virginia was not good because they had super talented players. They were good because of the system. They all bought into the system and played well together. So as soon as you lose that, you lose to 16 seeds, basically, mm-hmm. is what we learned tonight. And I will say, you know, I do believe in redemption. And I say that sometimes, you know, obviously, the, you know, the night is darkest before dawn. Mm. I do believe that Tony Bennett, there. this is not the end of Tony Bennett. This is the, right. not the last time we will see Virginia be competing for a national title. And, you know, just if, if like when North Carolina, when Chris Jenkins hit the shot in 2016, mm. that whole team, when they went back, they went back and they all stayed that summer together. They all stayed in and then no, nobody went home. They all practiced all together that summer. And they were like, we have to get back because we have to win a national title. We're like, we, this cannot be, like I said, for Virginia, you can, this can't be tagged to us forever where right. every single time for the next 20 years, I'm at home with my kids and I'm watching the NCAA tournament and it's Chris Jenkins spraying a shot in our face. Right. Like, we have to have a second chapter of this so that we have something to, to put our, you know, to, to say, hey, we were able to come back from this. And my hope, if you're Virginia and this happens tonight, and I believe in Tony Bennett and the way he's able to get these guys to buy back in, I would hope that this is something that, yeah. guys, this is the worst case scenario. We played a guy, Lyles, who was an unbelievable scorer. We talked about Kimba guys. This guy looks like someone that could take, you know, this team. Who knows how far? I don't know how how good he is. I mean, the, the, he looked unstoppable tonight in Kansas right. State. I mean, that's not an easy matchup, but you, but you never know. And I, I scoffed at the thought that Kansas State would beat Creighton. I've been wrong in everything in this tournament, so <laughs> definitely bet on Kansas you, you, State. You totally called Marshall. Um, don't be so hard on yourself today. You got one. You got one. Thank you, right John Elmore. My God. <laughs> He's the only one I have, yeah. John. So if you're Tony Bennett, you basically you, you tell your team like we've already hit rock bottom. You can't There's get nothing worse. worse than this. There's nothing worse. Yes. So now you have nothing when you go into the tournament next year. I guess yeah, it's a good point. You have nothing to worry about. Just mm-hmm. go into the tournament next this year. This is the biggest fear of Virginia basketball. I think honestly, and, like going into every single every, yeah, they've been a one seed. What two of the past three years? Right? Yeah. So maybe 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 three? maybe three one seeds. Right. It might be three out of four. No, it's two two of three. I think. Two of three. But yeah. to be a one seed and be Virginia and to be the way that they play. Everyone is in the game. That's the other right. thing that people were confused about with Virginia basketball. They're like, I thought these guys were going to blow them out. Like, yeah. that's not what Virginia does. Right. They keep you at bay. It's eight to ten points, but you don't have the possessions to keep up with them. And they play the clock, so you don't have the possessions. That's why they're they're so great because it's diabolical. It's yeah. a mind game. Yes, they're they're they are letting you creep up. But then they are like, okay, well, we need a three and to keep them at bay. And tonight... They got in their own minds. They got in their own heads. And yeah. they completely lost it. And they're like, I don't know what to do. I'm down 14 right now. Right. I haven't been down 14 all season. What do I do? And we should make the point that that narratives exist in, in March. And you, you have these thoughts about these coaches, about these programs, about these things. And all of them are fine and well. And they're, they're helpful in filling out brackets. These fan bases are tortured. I'm, I can't pick XYZ to go here because... I just don't trust. Mm-hmm. I don't trust Tony Bennett in March. I don't trust. That's all fine and well. And I'm not telling anybody to not do that. But I just want to mention that like these things also are always not always, but 
oftentimes disproven. I mean, we were we were led to believe that Gonzaga will never make a Final Four. Mark Few just doesn't have it like mm-hmm. that. You know, you can't you can't do that with the small. And they were what two minutes away from winning the national championship. We were led Bo Ryan, who plays like a similar, who coached a similar style as Tony Bennett. Yeah, it was a race to fifty. It, it was the same thing. They said the same thing about Bo Ryan. He's never going to go to the Final Four. He doesn't play the right brand of basketball. It's never going to work. And then he goes to two Final Fours and was also a couple minutes away from winning a national title. So all of these things exist all the way down the line. You, you said it about George, like a team like George Mason couldn't possibly go to the Final Four. A team, a team like, like VCU like, could like not VCU, go to the Final Four. A team like UConn that finished ninth in, in w- w- the Kimba year. They finished ninth in the Big East. There's mm-hmm. no possible way a team like that could win a national championship. All these things are fine and well and true until they're not. And, you know, I, I think you, you and I might, might I, I, I assume we both agree that eventually if Tony Bennett stays at Virginia, they keep turning out like 30 win, 25 win seasons. It's going to hit. They're going to go to the final four at some mm-hmm. point. It is going to work. It's just we might have to go through these uh, these growing pains before we get there. So. And I, I do believe that this is, it obviously can't get any worse than this unless they were to lose to a 16 again as a one seed. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to put that pain on them. But I will say, I don't think it can get any worse for this program. I think... Optimistically, you have to look at the fact that Hunter is so good. He's, he's very an, good. And he's an NBA prospect, and he meant so much to this team. And I think, if anything, tonight, I'm not saying that he swings the game in any way. I'm not saying that's the difference in the game. But to have a player like that coming back to your program means a lot. And to have Jerome and Guy and yeah. Hunter come back, I mean, there's, there, there's reasons to be optimistic if you are a Virginia fan. But... uh I, I the sixteen over one happened. We've been waiting for this our whole lives. It's um, the greatest upset in history. It's so weird that people were like saying arguably at first. They're like it's arguably the. I, I at least that's what I saw. It's like, one in one thirty five. Yeah. It's the greatest it's upset the greatest upset in history. And it wasn't just an upset. They they beat them by, by twenty. Yeah, it's a blowout. It was an absolute blowout. They um, scored fifty four points. In the, the, there were teams that did score fifty four points in Virginia in two times that they played. I've imagined. Yeah, this was the one time that anyone's ever scored sixty nine or more on yeah. Virginia. It never happened all season the until tonight. The retrievers did The it. retrievers of Baltimore. Not Duke with five, at least five NBA players in their roster. Not North Carolina with like maybe one NBA player on their roster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, yeah, maybe one. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe one. Uh, not any of those ACC Theo teams. Pinson. It was Baltimore. So um, I, I envisioned this my entire life. I dreamed of one day seeing the 16 over one. I never, ever anticipated it looking like this where it was like, they just completely beat their ass from start to finish. Uh, you, you could have you could have had someone who's never watched college a second of college basketball watch that game and mm-hmm. say who which team was the sixteen and one, and they would have picked Baltimore as the one without thinking without even about thinking it. about yeah. it. Yeah, so, um, and that, that's to say like we've had these moments in the past with the one sixteen. It's got to hurt if you're the 1987 Princeton team that almost beat Georgetown. Yeah, yeah, because that, that's the one they always point to. They're like, remember that Princeton team. Remember that Princeton offense? They Nobody almost got him. They almost got it, Alonzo Mourning. So do you think this opens the door? We're going to see more of this moving forward. We're going to see more 16s beating ones. Because it kind of that sort of happened with the twos and the 15s. Yeah. Like once that first, I mean, the twos and the 15 happened. I, the, the one I remember was uh, uh, 2001 Hampton beat Iowa State. I think, mm-hmm. I think one might have happened before that even. Uh, so it had happened before, but like that recent, there was like a recent wave where like Duke and Missouri and Michigan State, and it sort of like felt like, like now when you well now when I watch the tournament every time a two seed's playing it's not a guarantee I'm like oh it could happen well, how many you games know? did we see today I mean Lipscomb yeah. against Carolina was hanging around so my for question a while. to you is do you think moving forward like next year are one sixteen games gonna now have your attention like it could ha- like I've seen it happen I'm, you know do you, do you think we're gonna see another one in the next five six years no I don't think probably so. not I, I think that this was uh, I mean I do think it's a mental hurdle to do this but I think this was the perfect team like as it like 
Ryan Odom, like Dave Odom is a guy that has been around basketball, like Wake Forest. He he was under Terry Holland at Virginia. Ryan Odom has been around Virginia basketball. This is a weird situation where he has like a little bit of understanding, like right. who Tony Bennett is, what Virginia basketball is doing, understands the roots of Virginia basketball. He plays this team. This is a guy, Ryan Odom, that played at Hampton Sydney in Virginia, who who leads <laughs> Hampton Sydney in three point percentage. You know what I mean? A guy that yeah. that values shooting threes, has a team that's orchestrating shooting threes. Like this was like everything worked perfectly right. for this team to be in this posi- position and Lyle should be at VCU with Shaka Smart coaching him right now mm. you know like the, and now he's at UMBC with Odom and they just beat you know a one seed I'm so gonna, it all worked perfectly I'm going to clarify what Tate meant by that he Tate and I have said that Shaka should never have left VCU yes. Texas you, you know that he's not coaching at VCU but people are people are going to misunderstand no I, I keep saying uh, that Shaka should have stayed at VCU right. and had all these guys there um, so Virginia historic upset it, it was awesome don't don't let our tone as we're talking about this I know we sound sad again we're just like both of us are exhausted and no one wants to hear us whine so I'm not going to keep whining about how we're exhausted I, we did like one video today and I, I made a comment like man I'm, I'm just beat and everyone's like stop, stop bitch and Titus, you know. Yeah. Um, so don't don't mistake our tone as like we're sad that Virginia lost. This was awesome. This was historic. I'm I will never forget where I was when I saw this happen. I uh all of that stuff was awesome. Um before we go though, Tate, I want to mention this. Big winner tonight, other than Baltimore, is Sean Miller. Yes. Great Everyone for Arizona basketball. Great for Arizona players basketball. program. It worked out. Big loser, Purdue, because they lose Isaac Haas. Fractures his elbow. Mm-hmm. Very tough. You know, I, I think Isaac Haas is the most valuable player. That's Isaac Haas is like the DeAndre Hunter of of Purdue in the sense that he might not technically be the best player on the team, but he's like the one guy that makes them. Unique. If you watch him play, he's a the guy they have to have for yeah. him to be different. It's like Harms is great and fine. He's probably a better defender, yeah. quote unquote. But it doesn't matter. Isaac Haas, he's seven foot eight right. or whatever he is. Like he's amazing. So now Purdue goes from like a team that has this unique wrinkle of having just monster of a man down yes. low to now a just, literal monster to now they're just kind of like a good basketball team and the same sort of thing with Virginia where like Hunter made them like have this wrinkle and then they went to just being a, a decent team uh, but Purdue a big loser because I felt bad for Purdue everyone was like man sucks for Purdue we feel bad now no one even gonna you know no one feels bad for or they just feel bad for the Virginia fan I guess maybe they don't feel bad for Virginia fan maybe they're just laughing but uh, that's kind of been lost in the the shovel so it's I gonna think be they're laughing what happens. and I, and I think that's the, probably the most ironic part about this podcast is that we are coming in from a situation where we think that everyone's gonna feel bad for this Virginia team nobody feels bad nobody feels bad they're they're not? one seed and, I don't understand you know. why you don't feel bad like what what has Virginia ever done to anybody they're like non threatening if you think that they choke in the tournament every year. You should almost, you should almost like not cheer for them, but like you shouldn't hate them. You should just be like, I should be cackling. Why would, yeah. why would I not be happy that Virginia lost? But I, I just say I've watched this team play all year, and that's that's the whole difference. Well, right Virginia now. beats Carolina, so you should be happy. But yeah, like what so, do you someone mean? like me, like uh, as an Ohio State fan, what what at what point in history has Virginia basketball ever like devastated my fandom of college mm-hmm. basketball? Where I'm like, God, I hate these guys. How they just keep beating my team. How they keep winning national titles. They're they're just non threatening. So like I don't, you know. I don't understand why people would hate them. It's just like, I mean, they're boring. Sure, if you think they're boring, I guess there's <laughs> that. But uh, yeah, Purdue loses his harms. Shout out John Elmore. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any, Our guy. Any, anything else we want to wrap up? There's, yeah, there's, there's and some Dan D'Antoni, who's had a, he's just had a great run. I, I feel like Marshall's not done. We get the Civil War. We get West Virginia Marshall. Yeah. Uh, to all our West Virginia listeners, 
we want to blow this out. I, I don't know how we're going to do this or what we're going to do, but I just want to watch this game. I wish we were in West Virginia to watch this game. I wish the game was being played in West Virginia. It should be yeah. because it's going to be unreal. we got Randy Moss versus Jerry West. we got yeah. Marshall versus West Virginia. This is going to be a showdown. Randy Moss coming out of the woodwork probably. Yeah. It's a show about the game where yeah, Marshall stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A little country accent. Uh, so overall, probably not a ton of madness today. No. But the madness we did get, historic madness. Mm-hmm. Virginia goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, we're excited for for the rest of this. I, I guess I also want to caution, like, we don't want too much madness because it, it, the, the more these upsets happen, they're awesome and all that stuff, but this always happens every year where, where you'll look up and you'll look at the Sweet 16 matchups and you're like, ugh, how did we get here mm-hmm. where a 13's playing a 12? Or mm-hmm. like a, you know, if who who's can, can, Kentucky's got tomorrow? Um, Buffalo. Buffalo. So like Buffalo could play Baltimore County in the Sweet 16. And we've watched every single Buffalo basketball game and, this season yeah. in detail. But we've seen every game. So everybody cheers for these upsets, and then you wake up, uh, you know, after it's all the dust settles, and you're looking forward to the Sweet 16. You're like Buffalo, Baltimore County. Uh, yeah, you got to uh, think about uh, what it means when it yeah. waters down the whole tournament field when we get so, down to the Elite Eight. Uh, but we'll be we'll be here tomorrow. We'll do another pod tomorrow night. Um. Yeah, I, I guess that's it. You got anything else before we go? Uh, sorry, Michael Porter Jr. That was a early exit. Uh, oh yeah, we, we had we, to that. We, the mystery has been solved. He is one and done officially out of the tournament, and uh, most, hopefully, should, hopefully he's going to the NBA. Should we, should we play the music one last time? Just yeah. a ceremonial, just for old times. Play sake. the music, Kyle. So there it is, Michael Porter. Rest in peace, Virginia basketball. Rest in peace. Jonte you know, Porter, what of, happened? A lot of a lot of like things we are a lot of things we cover. A lot of things we get excited about. Rest in peace. Um, you know, Trey Young, Brad, you know, this is this has been a tough, tough go for us, right? Yeah, tough two days. But two uh, days. we'll we be have, back. We'll be we weekend ahead. We have St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. It'll be fun. We'll regroup. We'll Kyle's regroup. excited. Kyle's ready for uh, it. Yeah. So yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with more pods. Until then, save your crew.